Hey, what's going on, family? And welcome to Igniting You, the podcast that takes you through our journey of love, faith, heartbreak, and hope. I'm your host, Adrian, and unlike most of the episodes you hear, my wife, Chris, will not be joining me today. So I'm going to hold it down for her in her absence. So for today's episode, I'm going to share my journey and struggle with anger and dive into what the Bible says about anger. Not what the world says, but what the Bible says. Now, this topic is special to me because it's been something like a thorn, really, for my entire life. And I really want to share a lot of things that really helped me through this through this journey, because I know a lot of you guys out there may be going through the same things. You know, it is a battle. It's a battle between your spirit and your flesh. And I want to give you guys some tips on what you can do that's really helped me really overcome what I would call that beast within. Now, whether you're facing anger issues head on or really simply seeking to live a better life, a greater life of peace and self-control, you are in the right place. Now, usually we do in the show, we will begin with the scripture of the day. And the scripture of the day comes from the book of James 1, 19 through 20. And I'm reading from the NIV version. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So I really want to start off by really focusing on that particular scripture, because it talks about how we should be quick to listen. It didn't go right into being, you know, not angry. It talked about being quick to listen. And so my hope is, is that as I've been trying to listen to others and godly advice around me, that hopefully you all will be able to listen and, and really see a lot of things that I'm trying to uh, convey to you guys. Now, I want to start off by saying something that everyone knows, okay? I know it's going to be mind-blowing, but hear me out. Everyone gets angry, period, okay? It's not something that, uh, that that's uncommon. It's not something that's out the ordinary. Everyone gets angry. And guess what? It's not a bad thing to get angry. In fact, um, the Amen Clinics, I believe I'm saying it right, Amen or Amen Clinics, um, says anger has many benefits, actually, including helping us survive, motivating us, facilitating cooperation, uh, and expanding emotional intelligence, right? So anger is really can be used for good purposes, Okay. Now, anger is a God-given emotion too, right? It's designed to bring about change in our lives. It's not some evil emotion um, that many people want it to be, you know, and we're going to get into the evil part of anger, but anger in itself really isn't, isn't anything that's evil, okay? God does not say, okay? God does not say um, that it is evil. In fact, Everything that God has made is good. So, in fact, some of the ways, anger is good. Now, God does have a lot to say about anger. In fact, it is mentioned in the Bible over 500 times. 500 times. So, it must be important to talk about. So, in fact, here are a few examples that I found that God speaks about in the Bible. Um, the first one comes from Proverbs 29, 11. It says, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Right? That's the first one. Another one, Proverbs 19, 11. 
A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Ecclesiastes 7, 9 says, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Proverbs 15, 18 says, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. So what I want to talk to you about, about is the negative effects. I understand I just talked about how, you know, anger is actually good and can be good and can be useful in many, many ways. But this 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 episode really is going to talk about really how the, the negative effects of anger and really how those of us with anger issues are actually preventing God from giving us the life that we want. Now, I can say that I've been dealing with anger all my life or as far as I can really remember. OK. And the number one question I have pondered, honestly, and even been asked sometimes is how do you control anger? Right. I know it's there. I know it's I know it's something within me. But how do I control it? And how do I not let it control me? So first of all, I mean, it doesn't start at the incident, right? So you get angry, you get upset about something. It doesn't start there, right? Most of the time, anger starts long, long, long before that. So think about it this way, right? If you've ever been in a situation where you've been in a car accident, right? Can you really say that the accident just happened? Like it just spurred a moment, just happened. Now you may think it did, but it really didn't. Cause we got to think about the little things that led up to that accident. I mean, it can be simple, the, the car that you take, you may take a different car that may go a little faster or may go a little slower, right? The route that you go, the light that you do or don't take, right? Any distractions you have in the car or what may have happened before you even got in the car. Let's say that you were, um, talking to your spouse about, you know, a conflict that you guys were having the night before and you didn't end the conversation in the best way. Well, that same energy and that same emotion, guess what? It hasn't gone anywhere. It's with you right now. So guess what? You're going to be pondering about that and thinking about that as you are behind your car or behind the wheel of your car. Right? Now, all these things could lead up to an accident and it works the same way where it's the same way with anger. All of it starts with what I like to call the big O, and that is offense. Now, I'm going to give you guys a little throwback example in my, from my own life. Going way, 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 way back to my high school years. And it's really kind of like talking about my, my last real football um, game as a high school senior. Right? So we didn't have the best team. Right, We didn't have a really good season. But one thing I knew for certain is that I wanted to make sure that the last game I played in high school was going to be a dub. It was going to be a win. And I was doing everything I could to make sure that happened. Now, there was one time, and I can vividly remember this, where we were like on the goal line, about to punch it in, right? And then our coach at the time, he kind of draws up this play that we had never run before. And it's kind of a, it's a it's a play off of a play that we run, right? It's kind of a, a, a something new off of the play, like nothing weird. It's just the quarterback kept the ball instead of giving him giving it away. Well, long story short, our quarterback um, he ends up fumbling the ball, and the other team ends up getting the ball and runs the other way for a presumed touchdown. Now, 
I think fortunately for us, um, there was a, a penalty on it, so they didn't get a touchdown, but it was a turnover. And that made me so angry. I mean, I was in full-fledged rage because there were so many things in that in that whole season that led up to this moment, right? I mean, we had lost, like, all these different games. I mean, there were times we got shut out. There were times that we just weren't even close to being competitive. And, you know, I just was tired of losing. And when we're going up against a team, you know, one of our rivals that I feel like we actually can beat, and we're doing silly things and, and turning the ball over. We're about to score. I mean, that drove me crazy. And so I come out to the sideline. I'm yelling. I'm cussing. You know, not at anyone in particular, but just kind of in the air, just letting it all out. You know. And then like my, my dad was in the um in the in the stands. I can hear him calling my name, like Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. But you know, I, I ain't trying to hear that right now. I'm trying to get all my anger out, you know. And I want everybody to feel my anger because I've been dealing with this. Really, I can't even say just for one year. You know, we never really had a good football team. So as long as I've been playing football, it was building up, right? And I think about that sometimes, and I'm like, man, like, how much was I really holding in? How much was I letting this anger and all these different things, all these different events really drive me to being this angry, right? And so one thing that I learned in that moment was you have to let the little things go so they don't become big things because it's hard to let a big thing go. It's hard. It's so hard. And my people out there who are struggling with anger, you all can attest, it is so hard to let a big thing go. If... If you have not let the little things go. And so we're going to get to this, what I call my four P's of anger management. Okay. Now these things have helped me, these four uh, techniques, these four things have really helped me um, really uh, control my anger. Now, do I get angry still? Absolutely. Am I perfect in this? No. However, I know when I go back to these techniques, it helps me tremendously, and I feel so much better about um, the situation I'm in that could have led me to have my, that that sinful anger that the Bible talks about. But ultimately, it just it just goes away. Okay, so the first P that I'm going to go over is peace, peace, P-E-A-C-E, peace. Now, what's the thing that allows you to forgive the driver? that cut you off in traffic. It ain't because they may have said, you know, I'm sorry, or waved their hand or whatever, it's peace. Now, what about that friend that hurt you and betrayed you? It's peace. Or or when, when children act like they came from an underworld, like you don't know where they came from, what helps you in that moment? It's peace. See, peace is what's, what's needed to keep your emotions at bay, you know, so you don't lose control. Like this peace, that it doesn't come from outside influences. It doesn't come from a bottle. It doesn't come from a pill. It doesn't come from another person, right? Because all these things can let you down. The peace that I'm talking about comes from God, that inner peace that he talks about. The peace that's needed to control that anger, that peace that comes from Philippians, that God talks about in Philippians 4, uh, 6 through 7, tells us that, not to be anxious about anything, but to present our request to God 
and his peace, his peace, will cover you in all your ways. So again, this is not a peace that you get from being so good or you're controlling yourself. This is an inner peace that you have to have before you find yourself in a situation where you can get angry. Now, the second P is perspective. So is what you're really mad about worth losing it over? I mean, you look at so many things that happen in our daily lives. And most of these things, they don't have a truly big effect on us. It's just sometimes, though, we get the wrong perspective on what's going on, what happened, why does somebody do this, why does somebody do this, why did they not do something, right? But when we have the right perspective on something, then all of a sudden now things go away a lot easier. You see, anger clouds our judgment, right? Anger makes you see things that are not there and hear things that were never said. So studies have shown that actually, some people actually see red when they get angry. I mean, imagine that when, I mean, this is not like some type of like, you know, fantasy, like cartoon or whatever. People can actually see red, you know, when they get angry. And that's crazy. Anger destroys all rational thought and it gives the body permission to release energy as it sees fit. You release that beast, whoever is around. And unfortunately for us, a lot of times it's our loved ones that pay the price. It's our loved ones that get beat down by that beast within. See, worldly anger doesn't love. But godly anger, godly anger seeks to change things for the better. Remember when Jesus turned over those, those tables at the temple because he saw people buying and selling? Now, if Jesus didn't let, you know, some beast within overtake him and, and he ended up sitting in his anger. No. Jesus had a righteous anger that allowed him to stay in control while still being angry and still voicing his anger to those around that were doing the negative things. So really, it's all about our, our peace combined with the perspective and these last two things. And the third one is pause. So before you react to something, make sure you respond accordingly. So responding to problems or situations allows us to think about the logical way to handle the situation instead of just reacting to something. So that time thinking also allows us to really relax a little bit and therefore will be less likely to allow anger to control us. So when you find yourself in that situation where you're ready to go off, you're ready to let somebody know it, know, you know what you really, really, really think, let's take a pause. Now, what do you do during that pause? Well, the biggest thing in our last number, our last one is pray. Pray. That's the, that's the biggest P of all, prayer. See, prayer allows you to pause and reflect on the emotions and gain perspective on the source of your anger. That's the great, that's the thing about it. A lot of times the people that we are angry about or the things that we're angry about, we're not even really angry at those things. We're just carrying that anger from something else that happened. And that one thing that you happen to see in the moment or that person you happen to see in the moment, that's the one that gets all the brunt. So it's all about prayer. It's about being able to be in your spirit and being able to guard your heart, guard your mind. Guard your spirit against sinning in your anger. Again, I'm never going to say not to get angry about something. 
But what I will say is be in control of your anger so your anger is not in control of you. You see, I am a firm believer that anger prevented me from having deeper relationships when I was growing up. So, I mean, I, mean, I have friends, you know, shout out to all my friends, especially the ones at Keenan, even the ones at TSU. You know, I have friends. But my question, though, that I had to ask myself is, would I want to be friends with me? Like, if I'm always getting angry at the little things, right? Like, little small things, like somebody didn't text me back or somebody was late to a meeting or, or you know, I, I didn't get picked up on time or, or anything, you know? Is that something that I really want to be angry about? And if I do get angry about those things, will I want to be friends with me? Will I want to be friends with a person like that? Maybe, maybe not. See, I used to I used to use anger honestly as a defense mechanism, you know, because when I was growing up, especially in elementary school, I had a speech impediment. You know, I, I used to stutter. You know, and even now, you know, I still find myself struggling. You know, here and there. Um, but when I was, you know, fourth, third, fourth, fifth grade, you know, I had a speech impediment and it was, you know, noticeable for the most part. At least I thought that. And so what I would do, honestly, is I would use my anger and use my rage to, to as a defense mechanism so people wouldn't mess with you. Right. Like I'm, I'm a fairly, you know, I was a fairly large, large kid, you know, and I felt like, OK, if I put on this this persona. Really, I put on this this angry persona and this, you know, feeling this angry and letting people know that I'm angry, showing my anger, then guess what? They're less likely to pick on me. They're less likely to say something about me, right? That's where all that comes from. But the, the sad part about it is it got to a point where it just became who I was. Even when I didn't need the defense mechanism anymore. Even when I didn't need to be angry, sometimes I just felt angry. I just felt the, the tension, right? And, 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 and the problem that I have with that is it started becoming really who I am, and that's not something that I wanted. That's something that really um, hurt, I believe. I mean, my friends could tell otherwise, but it hurt me having deeper relationships with people, I feel, you know? And my question, though, is, what is anger causing you to miss out on? What is anger causing you to lose out on or preventing you from? Is it having intimate relationships like they did with me? What about job promotions? About health goals? Studies have shown like angry people, tense people, they don't lose the weight that they want. And they have, you know, other health issues like high blood pressure, hypertension, things like that. So whatever it is, it isn't how God has called you to live. See, God has called us to live a life of freedom from any and everything that gets in the way of giving him glory. So how can our lives give God glory if no one is around to share it? If anger has alienated everyone you love and left you feeling lonely, how can we really give God glory? See, don't let anger rob you of the life that you were meant to have that you were called to live. Let anger be an emotion that you have, but that's it. It's another emotion. That's all it is. So I want to, I want to leave you with some important uh, tips and, and, and ways that you can really use these principles. Again, prayer and reflection. I will say that until, <laughs> until I'm blue in the face. Prayer and reflection. 
asking God to reveal areas in your life, in my life, in all of our lives, where anger may be taking a, taking a toll on us, right? Pray for guidance and strength in taming and controlling those emotions. And so we also need to examine ourselves, examine honestly whether we are truly ready for this change or not, or whether we just think we are because it's something that we don't like. Right. Explore the roots of your anger, whether they stem from unmet expectations, uh, past hurts, or even sources, you know, other sources or whatever. You know, think about where that stuff is coming from. And after praying, understand the underlying causes in the first step to managing that anger. And the key to that, honestly, is having a humble heart and being able to accept where your anger came from. Right. And the lastly that goes with all this is getting the word. The word helps. The word frees. The word helps you see where you are. It also helps you see where God wants you to go. Now, this is going to be a shameless plug, but I believe it's really, truly, truly important. So my wife and I, our company is called Igniting You Coaching and Wellness. And I would, cons- I would ask you guys, whoever's listening, to consider coaching, whether it be with us or anyone else, considering coaching or counseling. Now, The reason why I say that is because coaches and counselors are able to help you find those areas where anger has taken hold of you. Sure, can you do it by yourself? Maybe, maybe not. But it's always, just like when you're you're lifting weights, you can lift more when you have a spotter. You lift more when you have someone there to support you or even just to catch you when you fall. That's what coaches and counselors are, are designed to do. So... If you would like more information about our website, go to www.ignitingyou.org and you'll see everything that we do there. Now, that is a wrap, unfortunately, for this episode. Um, This was cathartic for me. This was revealing for me, honestly. And I hope that I affected you in a positive way in some way. Thank you. Thank you for joining me with this episode. I mean, it really did feel good to explore this topic of taming anger as a man of God. Not that I'm over it completely, but I'm certainly, certainly further than where I was. Now, I encourage you to share what you learned from this episode with others who may benefit from it too. So please remember to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms. And Chris and I really, really appreciate each and every one of you. Now, I want to leave you with these words and then we're going to pray out. You know, um, I was in a bookstore several years ago, and I was talking to this guy about anger. I mean, I don't even know why or even how we got on this topic. It was just so random. Um, but he confessed that he had gone to several places and different churches and all these different places, um, and no one was able to tell him how to deal with anger. So naturally, I mean, why, why not ask me? <laughs> you know, maybe I look angry in the moment. I don't know. Um, but I can tell he was skeptical. Um, I told him that anger is not something you just deal with. It's something that must be channeled to something else. You see, anger comes from our unresolved offense towards something or someone. Anger often changes the way that we see things and even does harm to our own bodies and mind. Anger that is channeled correctly, though, is liberating. I mean, I used to ask God to take the anger away all the time, but God told me, why would I take something away from you that I want you to use? That was so deep and so profound. Come asking God to take this thing away. He's like, no, I want you to use this thing. 
You see, God has given all of us anger to use for his purpose. But when we use it selfishly, that's when it causes the most harm. Anger should be turned into grace. Anger should be turned into compassion and tolerance. Anger should be used to create, not destroy, to cultivate, not tear down. Anger, my people, anger, my family, it's not an evil thing unless it is not used correctly. Anger can be your friend, but you must be in the word. You must be in the spirit. You must be close to God to use it in the right way. Now let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the gift of anger. And I call it a gift, Lord God, because when we use it in the right way, it does create change, change for the better. Father God, we ask that you please forgive us, Lord, all of us that have used anger for revenge, that have used anger to, to get back at someone, to, to destroy someone or something, to get our way and not focus on your purpose. Father God, we just praise you and thank you, Lord God, that you are a merciful and gracious Father that is willing to accept us for who we are and accept us when we come to you on bended knee asking for your forgiveness. Father, we just pray, Lord, that as we walk out our repentance from, from the sin of anger, that you allow us, Lord God, to not only walk it out for ourselves, but help others walk theirs out as well. Help us, Lord God, to use anger for the good of your purpose and not for our own selfish reasons. We praise you, Lord God, for what you have done for us and what you will continue to do for us and through us. And we praise you, Lord God, that you have given us the ultimate example in Jesus Christ on how we can truly use our anger for good and not evil. And it's your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So that's it. Thank you for spending time with me. And until next time, be blessed.